Sometimes we hear things and repeat things as podcasters that just blatantly aren't true at least right now, they're not true. Maybe they had been true in previous times, and we keep perpetuating the myth. And so today, I'm doing some myth busting about this one thing that we all keep saying, and it's a complete lie. I'll tell you what it is right after this. So the real question is this, how can podcasters like us who've done the work, built a following, and actually made a difference. Monetize our podcast without selling out to sponsors who don't really value our community anyway. That is the question, and this is the answer. Welcome to Podcast Monetization Secrets. Hi there, welcome to Podcast Monetization Secrets. My name is Christy Hostler, and I am so glad that you are here with me. Now, we are in the very last home stretch of 2022 right now as I record this episode, and I hope that if you have not obtained your monetization goals in 2022, that you will make it a no excuse, gotta hit it, no other way around it, but 2023 is going to be your year to monetize. So I hope that is the decision you will make. And I'm here to help you do that because my passion is helping podcasters monetize their podcasts. And we've got proven frameworks and testimonials and happy customers all over the world from doing just that. And I hope you'll do that for yourself. And if you need help, come right back here and listen to the archive of episodes because we've got a lot of them that talk about a ton of different strategies and tactics to help you get monetized. Now, who am I in case you haven't met me? My name is Christy Hostler and I'm the CEO of Team Podcast. And I started podcasting way back in 2012 and quickly found out that I needed to form my own podcast production company because I couldn't find one I wanted to hire. And I've worked with almost 400 podcasters over the last 10 years and quickly found out that if podcasters are not monetized, you are destined to pod fade. And I don't want that to happen to you because there's a sunk cost associated with a podcast and you've already paid the price and put in the effort and done the work. So it's time for you to get paid. Now, one of the things I'm going to talk about today, and this is shouldn't be that long of an episode, but I want to dispel the myth that we hear all the time. We hear so many podcasters when it comes to creating a call to action to their podcast or for their podcast, they start with please leave me a rating and review. Uh, maybe they say on Apple podcast, maybe they say wherever you're listening to podcasts, create a rating and review. But let me tell you what the problem with this is. And many times you'll hear them say, if you'll leave us a rating and review, and it will help us get found. It will help more people find us if you leave a rating and review. Now, I'm going to tell you, I've been obviously in this podcasting game quite a long time at 10 years, not the first podcaster, obviously, uh, because there were, you know, five to eight years before I even started where podcasting was in its very early days. But Apple Podcasts, 
used to be called iTunes, uh, put out, used to put out this new and noteworthy list. And every single time we launched a podcast, we sort of knew the tricks to getting 90% of them making this new and noteworthy ranking. In fact, when I started podcasting, I was under the impression that you had six weeks from the time your show launched to make it into this new and noteworthy category. And if you could just get enough people to listen, enough people to review, enough people to subscribe and all of that, then essentially you would be guaranteed this amazing passive income stream of people listening to your podcast, right? And that simply, it wasn't true then. (laughs) And it's not true now. And the funny thing is, there's so many people that really, uh, really strive to get into the new and noteworthy rankings. And it's not that it's wrong to get in the new and noteworthy rankings. But I think these days, people don't really understand what it's measuring. And with reviews and, uh, you know, subscribes and follows and all these different things, it makes it where it's a little bit confusing. And so myths get perpetuated, lies get told, or things that are true now are very different than things that were true whenever your friend who had a podcast eight years ago and pod faded started their one and only podcast. And so I'm here to dispel all the myths about what the Apple charts are actually measuring. Now, one of the things we, we keep hearing people go to this call to action of subscribe to my show, it will help us get found. Let me just say from Apple podcast itself, that is patently false right now under their current conditions. Now, what I'm going to do, I'm going to read you when it comes to ratings, reviews, and shares. They have a paragraph in their, let's just call it terms of service, where they talk about this and they address this. And I'm going to read you exactly what it says. Although ratings, reviews, and shares help indicate a podcast newness, popularity, and quality, they are not factored into the algorithm that determines the rankings for top shows and top episodes. In other words, they may not help people find a podcast on their own, but they influence whether people will listen or follow, and those factors influence the charts. For these reasons, it's important for creators to encourage listeners to leave a rating and review for their show on Apple Podcast and share an episode with someone who will enjoy it. So essentially what they're saying is the rating, review, and share doesn't have anything to do with the actual algorithm for getting your podcast discovered by more people in Apple. What it is saying, though, is obviously... Ratings and reviews are social proof and social proof may or may not. If you're looking at a podcast and deciding whether you want to listen to it or not, you know, you can it's a free podcast. So you can if you want to just go ahead and listen to a show. You can stream it live or you can download it on your phone. Listen to one show. Decide if you like it. If you don't, you stop any time, delete it off your phone and you're never going to go back to that again. Right. So it's a very low barrier to 
you know, seeing if you like the show or not, right? So you don't need to really look through 5,000 ratings and reviews. It's very different than if you're uh, scheduling a hotel reservation at a hotel you've never been to in a place you've never been to, and now you're going to Yelp or TripAdvisor or whatever to look at their rankings, right? Because you're getting ready to drop a 1000 or 2000 or however many dollars on a hotel stay, and you don't want to be in a bug-infested, rat-infested uh, hotel, right, that gives terrible service and is all broken down and dirty, right? So you read the reviews and the ratings, but podcast isn't like that. Podcasting is free. It's a very low threshold to download a show, check out of the first few minutes of it, see if you like it, and if not, go the other way. So even social proof might not do anything but validate if a guest is saying, they should they be on your show? If you have five reviews and you've been out for five years, uh, they're probably going to think you have a very low listenership because you don't have very many reviews. However, if you've been out five years or five months and you have 50 or 100 or 500 Apple reviews, then someone will look at your show and say, ah, that might be a show I want to be a guest on because they clearly have a lot of listeners and a lot of fans because they have these ratings and reviews. So if you are leaving a call to action on your podcast, which you should, one of the worst things you can do is tell people to subscribe or rate and review because it will help get you found. Now, you do want everyone to subscribe and everyone to follow you. Uh, you also do want to ask them to share their podcast, uh, the, the podcast they love, the episodes they're enjoying with their friends that they know are also interested in this type of content, right? Those are two things that can definitely help increase your reach and your listenership. Uh, again, though, none of those have to do with the rankings. In fact, so what are the rankings based on? Well, Apple tells us they're not going to tell us the exact algorithm, but the charts measure a mix of three things, listening, follows, and completion rates. Okay, so when you talk about listening, Apple, because they are listening, you know, they're, they're giving people the player, the Apple podcast app, they can determine when people listen to a show. So if they have you subscribed or following a show and they automatically send you that show every time it's released and it downloads to your playlist, they can tell whether you're actually listening or whether you're deleting it, or whether you're skipping it or whatever. So with listeners engaging with the episodes, listening to them it's an indicator to them that your content is popular. If I have a whole bunch of subscribers and very few of them actually listen and consume the content, Apple is going to know that they subscribe because I encouraged them to or paid them money or did you know something shysty because it's just not normal for you to follow a show or subscribe to a show and never actually consume the content, right? So they're looking for both of those things. Follows is essentially what the subscribe used to be. So when a listener follows a show to receive new episodes, it's an indicator to Apple that people intend to listen to the show. So if you have 50 followers or 500 or 50,000 followers on Apple, they are going to rank those three numbers very differently. And the person with 50,000 or 500,000 subscribers is going to get significantly better placement in the Apple rankings than someone who has 50 subscribers. 
Completion rate is another thing that they measure. And again, because Apple is measuring this within their podcast app, it's basically whenever Apple can detect anything that's going on while you listen. So they can detect if you're fast forwarding through an ad or an intro or an outro. And what they're actually looking at is when listeners complete episodes so it's like it's like with youtube it's all about watch time and it's better on youtube for you to create a five minute episode where people listen to four and a half minutes out of the five than to create a 20 minute episode where people only listen to the first two minutes right because they're looking at how many people actually listen all the way through and complete the content. That's why it's important if you have a longer show, especially encourage people to stay to the end because maybe there's a nugget or a freebie or something that is going to incentivize them to listen all the way to the end to get the content. And you can do that in your intros and things like that. And you can um, tease it throughout the episode to stay along through to the end so that they can get whatever it is you have. So those are the ways that Apple is measuring. But I wanted to dispel this myth because if I had a dollar for every time I've we've edited a show where somebody has asked for people to re- leave a rating and review in Apple Podcasts uh, because it would help them get found, I could literally retire uh, last year because, <laughs> because it is so many times that people are saying that and it's just something you get used to hearing and it's just not true anymore. And nobody's standing up and saying, that's not true. Stop saying that. But honestly, for you as a podcaster, I want you to think about this logically. Yes, you want people to subscribe to the show in whatever podcast app they're listening to. It doesn't matter if they're listening to an on Apple podcast or to you on another app like Overcast or Podcast Addict or Spotify or whatever. If they follow you or subscribe to you within those platforms, then they will automatically get your next show, which means you then get more listens, right? Because it's downloading to their phone and their playlist automatically. Now, that is a normal thing to ask. If they, if you like this content, subscribe to the show. And if you haven't subscribed to the show yet, please subscribe. We've got big things coming in 2023, and I can't wait to share them with you. But you need to ask your listeners to subscribe as well. You can ask them to even share, If you know other podcasters that could benefit from monetizing their podcast, share this podcast with them. I'd love for you to do that. I'd love for people that I don't know and that haven't worked with me and who don't share or don't know the truth about podcast monetization, then I would love to be able to share that with them through this podcast and make them realize that you don't have to have 10,000 or 100,000 listens a month just to monetize your podcast. You can do it with 100 listeners or 500 listeners or 1,000 listeners. And one of the other things I want you to think about is it is most important whenever you have an ask of your audience to make sure it's a value-based ask and it's a win-win. So it's like they win and you win, right? You would rather have those listeners subscribe to your email list than to make a rating and a review in Apple that doesn't mean anything to you because nobody, including Apple, is going to pay you because somebody left your rating and review. Apple already says, we're not doing anything with those. They're social proof. They're there, 
right? But we're not figuring them into the rankings or the algorithm or anything like that. And if you're asking people to do that, you're missing the opportunity to actually do something that benefits you and benefits them. It's very cumbersome sometimes in some of these podcast apps to leave ratings and reviews. It's not the most obvious thing in the world of how to do it. I've had, bless their hearts, I've had so many clients that have, you know, spent tons of time, energy, and money. And sometimes they go through and make like a tutorial that they put on their website about how to leave a rating and review on your show. And they're maybe they're even doing screenshots or like a video of how to do it and where to go. And it's all fine and good until, you know, the very next update of that operating system probably includes an update of the Apple podcast app. And now the interface changes and the buttons change. And now you're doing this perpetual thing where every six months you're having to create a new tutorial on how to do it now, how to do it this time. And it's it's crazy because we're wasting so much time on something that gives us no value in return because it truly is a vanity metric. And if you're like most veteran podcasters, I understand when you start out in the beginning, you're like, oh, I can't wait till I get some reviews. I can't wait to, you know, hear people say how wonderful I am. As your podcast goes on, the only thing you're going to be finding is people that are extremely pissed off or have extremely critical feedback are going to get on your reviews and be like, I don't know why she does blah, blah, blah. And every single time it's the complainers, it seems like, that want to take the time to leave you ratings and reviews. So many veteran podcasters do not listen to or read or want to know anything about the reviews that they get because it only serves to tear down their self-esteem, to make them have imposter syndrome, and to begin doubting their ability to be a good podcast host. I have a client that, I mean, she's monetized our podcast in the last couple of years exclusively through sponsorships and supplements and some other things like that. And she's like, I don't know why I even made, you know, you know, glutton for punishment by giving myself time to go in and read these Apple podcast ratings and reviews because they're all wanting to be critical and they're all wanting to, you know, pick apart every single thing. So I just keep going and keep watching her listenership go up and watch the amount of sponsors she gets grow up, go up and watch the amount of money she makes go up and then ignore all the haters. It is a little bit of a badge of honor. When you get your first hater, when you get your first person that says, ah, I can't stand this show, blah, 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 you know, whatever it is, you got a hater. Congratulations. You're big enough to have a hater now. Uh, we're in a society where it's so easy to be a keyboard cowboy with no you know, uh, face or personality associated with your online presence. And you can just uh, rant and rave and say whatever you want with virtually uh, complete anonymity and no accountability. And so it creates an environment where it doesn't accurately uh, reflect the experience of every podcast listener. So if you are using the call to action of please leave me a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcast, um, you can stop now. Yeah, you can. In fact, I am a member of some groups that honestly, 
uh, they have review swaps in the group. Like every Friday, it's like, oh, pay it forward Friday. And uh, people get on there and they're like, okay, I'm listening to eight podcasts today. Um, tell me who, help, tell me if your podcast is one I should listen to and rate and review. And then it's like, I rate and review yours and you rate and review mine. They're spending all this time doing it for what? Like those aren't even real, you know, it's like if you're not really the target listener and the target audience for that podcast, like it's disingenuous for you to be scratching other people's backs by swapping reviews whenever it doesn't even mean anything. And so I think, honestly, your time would be better spent doing something else. And your call to action should be a better call to action. Give your listeners something that they'll love getting, you know, get them on your email list, do something to get them uh, in your sphere of influence other than just this rating and review on iTunes because or Apple podcast, because you'll never know who they are. Apple's not going to send you any information about that person. And I've seen people get so frustrated because they got a negative review and a negative rating and now they're dropped down to a 4.7 and blah, blah, blah. It's just like, whatever. It's not being used in the directly from Apple itself. It's not being used in the algorithm. All right. So I hope you're clear. Stop saying it. Stop perpetuating it. It's not true. It was true at one time, we think, before Apple made the algorithm a little different. And honestly, Apple knew that we as podcasters used it to game the system, like doing rating swaps and review swaps. And we've even had some podcasters who came out in a certain category and thought, ah, I'm just going to go leave bad reviews and negative ratings for all of my competitors. So they would suddenly be the only podcast with five star review, all five star reviews. And all of their competitors would be down to a three star review overnight, you know, 50 negative ratings come in on certain podcasts, and it just knocks them out. Apple knows. Apple knows. They're not stupid. They know we do that. Why? Because we've reported it to them time and time and time again. And now it means nothing to us. So choose a better call to action, something that's actually going to benefit you and benefit your listener. And asking people to follow or subscribe and share the episode is probably the smarter way to go because they actually get something in return, right? They get the value of having your podcast downloaded automatically, and they get the value of helping out someone else as if they share the episode with someone who would like the content. So don't say, don't perpetuate that if you leave a rating and review, that it will help you get found because it has no bearing on discoverability rankings in the Apple algorithm or the Apple store or anything like that. So I hope this has been helpful. More to come about these kind of things in the future, but I've got some uh, exciting things coming for you in the next few weeks. So I hope you'll come back and listen. And if I can help you with anything, if you want to go to teampodcast.com, you can schedule a call there with me if you need help with monetization or just figuring out your pathway to get your first podcast dollar. So thank you for listening. We'll catch you next time. Thank you for joining us today. If you'd like to continue the conversation about how to monetize your podcast, I want to invite you to join our private Facebook group. Oh, no, no, no. We're not advertising for Facebook anymore because we're pulling all of our communities off of Facebook. So if you want to come join the real community of people who are looking to monetize their podcast, 
podcastsuccesshub.com. Go to podcastsuccesshub.com and I'll see you there because I'm not going to be on Facebook. You guys have an awesome one. Mm-hmm.